to face them every year. And it was always a big game. You know, I have, um, I have friends over there, you know, and I, I, um, they're excited. But um, it means a lot. It means a lot to see OU come in here because, you know, when they went to the Big 12, it kind of, you know, you know, kind of split it a little bit. But it's, a, it's an exciting time. It just brings back old memories. Uh, Nebraska head coach Mickey Joseph. He remembers the days of old in the Big 8 when you were playing each other every single year. But OU hasn't uh, played a game in Lincoln, Nebraska since, what, 2009. It's been a long time. A lot of us are going to be up there on Saturday. Cannot wait to see OU Nebraska revisited this weekend for the first time since 2009. And uh, Travis, I just I get the feeling from Sooner fans, and I really felt it yesterday on the text line, I think there's a lot of really, um, there's a lot of nerves from the OU side of things heading into this game this weekend. Is that the same, is that the kind of sentiment that you felt from OU fans? Yeah, I'm, I, I think a lot of it uh, comes down to uh, the first half against Kent State. I think, you know, there's some people that think, man, we, we, we struggle to run the ball, man, against Kent State, what were we thinking? I think a lot of people forget how good the defense was. Uh, and, and forget how good the offense was once we opened things up a little bit and just said, hey, screw it, get the ball to Marvin Mims. So I think some of the trepidation is a bit of a hangover from the first half against Kent State, and I think there's a lot of it that's Mickey Joseph-led. I think Mickey Joseph, uh, you know, it's that classic interim, oh, man, all the kids, this is the guy they wanted all along. They're glad to have Scott out. They want to go to war for him. They're backed into a corner. You know, I think that's a lot of that cliche stuff. But that cliche stuff is a cliche because it's true a lot of the time. I think what you mentioned there uh, with Mickey Joseph is, I think, the big reason why OU fans are. And I'm not talking about everyone. I don't even know if I'm talking about the majority of fans. I just, I I read a lot of uh, responses from nervous fans yesterday. And I think it stems from Nebraska having a change of leadership the week before you play OU. Now, there is no proof whatsoever that that's going to generate any positive results for Nebraska at all. I mean, there's a chance that it generates some negative results. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case. I think Nebraska's probably in a better situation now than they were a week ago with Mickey Joseph as head coach. But, you know, what can we really uh, expect from Nebraska? And to answer that today, Travis, I went back and watched the – Uh, Nebraska-Georgia Southern game from Saturday. And what I watched is probably what you can imagine. I saw an offense that's, it's pretty good. You know, they've got a decent quarterback. They've got a uh, running back in Anthony Grant that maybe is their best player. They've got a couple of receivers that can make plays. They've got an all right running game. They're okay offensively. It's going to be the best offense OU's played, but, you know, it's nowhere near elite. But I saw a defense today that just cannot stop the run. They cannot tackle in the open field. Just a very, very poor defense. And then somewhere right in the middle of the third quarter, I stopped myself and I said, all right, I'm watching this game and seeing how average Nebraska is or really below average of a football team they are, but should I be expecting something totally different from what we've seen up to this point on Saturday? And I guess that's the question here. Should I expect some version of Nebraska on Saturday that they haven't put on film yet? I don't. I don't think that. I don't think we'll see anything glaringly different. It's not like they're going to install a new defense and a new offense and all this and totally flip everything. It's not like they're getting new players in 
anything like that. I mean, the roster is what the roster is. The offense is and the defense is what it is. Uh, you know, from a leadership perspective, here's what I find funny, Tyler. I find it funny that so many people that will question a guy like Brent Venables, who, you know, took over a program after being possibly the most successful defensive coordinator, uh, you know, in the last how in the probably in the modern era when you look at just what he accomplished as a coordinator but we're so quick to say oh man mickey joseph who has spent one year in his career as a head coach at langston and before that was a high school coach has the only other like head coaching experience but this guy's all of a sudden going to come in and say oh there we go that's that's what we needed right there under this new leader i mean so it's which is it? You know what I mean? You can argue it either way, I suppose. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with a guy that has not really ever been a head coach uh, for any meaningful time or at any meaningful level. Surely that can, you, you know, have a step back here and there. At least Scott Frost had that bit of experience. It didn't help him much, but uh, I don't think lack of experience is the answer. No, yeah, like, do I expect a more, I, I don't even know, like a, a regroup Nebraska team that shows a lot of effort on Saturday and maybe plays their best game of the year? Yeah, I, I, I guess, but here's the thing, Travis. Even if this is a refocused group uh, or a refocused football team, like, their best is still not close to OU's best, in my opinion. Like the overall talent no, level I, that I, OU I has, yeah, is 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 much better than Nebraska's. And before the text line says, "Hey, we struggled against Kent State in the first half," it, it is true. But I don't think that you should expect that type of offense in every single first half for the rest of the year. OU is allowed to get better from week to week. OU is allowed to show up better in the first half than they did a week ago. I think that'll happen. So. Yeah, you might get a better performance from Nebraska, but that still might not matter because that changes a few things, but the one big thing it doesn't change is who the better football team is. Right, right. And and it's it's such a jump in competition. And keep in mind, we said this on, on air all last week, it, it will be vanilla looks for Oklahoma going forward in, in that game. And then we saw vanilla looks. We saw us trying to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Okay, it wasn't working. You didn't see exotic blitzes. You didn't see this, that, or the other. The most vanilla form of the offense and defense only went thir- only won 33-3. to You know, only has a 68-point point differential through two games. You know, I think that's something we have to remember is, you know, we can go vanilla, and then if it's a problem – um, then we can open it up a little bit. I don't foresee it becoming a problem, and hopefully we can stay vanilla against Nebraska and hold our cards tighter for what looks like a very tough home matchup against Kansas State. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of the hangover, but I think people need to have a healthy understanding of what vanilla looks like and what this team is trying to hold close to their chest I, as we have more evenly matched opponents. I think you're going to see them open it up, and I think that you're going to see them open it up early. And I think a big – like the big way that you're going to see that is I think we see a decent amount of quarterback run game in the first half. I think that you're going to see Dylan Gabriel unleashed on the zone read. Now, I don't think he's going to carry it 15 times, but we saw what he could do in the run game against UTEP, and I think if that's there in the zone read, they'll tell him to pull it and keep it. I definitely think we see Dylan Gabriel carry the ball early in this game. Right. 
Right. No, I, I think I think there's going to be some. I just don't think I don't think you're going to see, especially from the defense, just all these exotic looks all of a sudden. Um, if if we don't need it, I think they'll gauge it. And if it's you know if we get behind or anything like that, then of course you can adjust and and try and implement some things that that you know the offense and defense can do. They know it. Um, but I think you'll continue to see them be pretty conservative. Um, and because here, here's the thing, best case scenario, we play completely vanilla again and we win by three touchdowns. We I mean, know. I don't know if I don't know if winning by four touchdowns by by showing all your different defensive looks that are brand new uh, to your opponents, I don't know if I don't know if that extra touchdown is worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, we know that we are a high-flying, fast-moving team with a fantastic defense. I say this is the week we see it come together. By the third quarter, I think we will all be happy to see some booty for the first time this season. That's a uh, four hundred five area code. Hey, I would definitely welcome General Booty getting his first appearance ever uh, in a non-injury situation to the two guys in front of him. Uh, I don't see a situation uh, where the third-string quarterback gets to play in this game, unfortunately. I think OU can handle Nebraska, and I think that they can definitely win by, you know, 14 to 17 points. But if we're talking about the third-string quarterback in by the third quarter, we're talking like a uh, 56 to nothing route most likely. And that scenario is not one that I necessarily see. Yeah, and and I think here's the thing we're not we're not going to see third string quarterback play I don't think but what you're seeing so far I think you're going to see a lot more of with Jaden Gibson being out there with uh, uh, Javante Barnes being out there with with Jaron Kanak being out there you're going to see I think some of those guys get in really early and and kind of rotate through I just don't see think you see it from the quarterback position I'll tell you what though I would love to see. Davis Bevel get to spin it a little bit because uh, as I uh, um, as I put on the Cooking with Grill Boy uh, this week's Cooking with Grill Boy article on two four seven, um, we haven't been able to see him throw the ball, and we just saw Quinn Ewers go down. We just saw Dak Prescott go down. We just saw this, and we're one injury away to Dylan Gabriel to having Davis Bevel Bevel have his first pass attempt be very important. And very dramatic because he hasn't got any reps. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he did play in the Peach Bowl last year, so I hopefully it doesn't come to that. But, yeah, I hear you. Whenever the next opportunity it is for that he gets in, let's see him uh, spin it a little bit. Feels like he's uh, ran the ball more up to this point than he's thrown it in a game. 918 says it feels – He's not had a pass attempt, yeah. Yeah, feels like a complete 180. We're not worried about our defense because they've been great. And now it's our offense that's concerning, which is weird to say. Hopefully this offense can get it going. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw out one of my hot predictions for this game. I don't think that they are going to resemble the team offensively that they did in the first half against Kent State. Again, I think that you are going to see a running game that is more, a little bit more open. Um, I do not necessarily think just throwing Wanye Morris in the starting lineup is going to make this offensive line look perfect, but I do think it's going to help out things and make it look better. OU will run it with far more success, and by far more success I mean way more than seven yards that they had at halftime last week. OU will have far more success in the run game in the first half than they did last week against Kent State. I I adamantly believe that that's going to be the case. 
Absolutely they will. And and it is an interesting position, right, from the 918. Always great takes from the 918. Appreciate you on the text line. Um, it, it is interesting to flip it because, you know, we, we talk about, especially Dylan Gabriel, as he's not Kyler, he's not Baker. That's fine, and that's probably a good thing. It's a good thing that we don't need to have a Baker or Kyler to be successful right now. You know what we do have? One of the country's best defenses through two weeks. And I know that we haven't played – Alabama or Georgia or we haven't played you know some of these top teams but not a lot of teams scheduled juggernauts in the first two weeks but amongst all those teams that that did and didn't we're only giving up eight points per game we only gave up one touchdown in two games first time since 2013 we lead the nation in tackles for loss and we're third in the nation in sacks I mean you combine that with not having a turnover through two games first time at least since 1937 that happened I mean, that's a recipe for winning that, that that I'll sign up for every time. Yeah. They do need to, like, regardless of what happens this Saturday, they need to run the ball better, man. I mean, even if they win the game. Oh, I agree. Um, we don't need to be talking about a situation where OU wins because they had to throw it 45 times. They had to go air raid on Nebraska because they only ran it for, you know, 56 yards. Like, we talk about best-case scenario all the time on, like, Wednesdays and Thursdays of game week. Best-case scenario here is you look by far and away the best you've had all year long running the ball. And if you couple that with the win, then I think just those two things alone would make it best-case scenario. Yeah, I I think what you do is if you do kind of run into that kind of stagnant running uh, like we saw in the first half against Kent State, Jeff Levy now – just open up the run with the pass like we saw in the second half. Once you started opening it up downfield, then those running lanes really cleared up. You started to get the pace going, and it became such a timing offense, uh, and, and Dylan was doing great with it. So you do that, all of a sudden you see Eric Gray rip off a 44-yarder. You see Marcus Major juke somebody into the shadow realm. I mean, you see these things, and I think a lot of it is because you, you backed off some of that defense to try and help in coverage. Do you know the last time Nebraska lost a game by double digits or more? Okay, it feels like it was 2 mm. I mean, they they lost by three twice this year. Uh, I think all nine of their losses last year were single digit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would have to assume 2020. 2020. Which, you know, doesn't seem like that long ago. November 21st, 2020, Illinois beat Nebraska 41-23, which is pathetic enough in itself. But but here's why that's interesting. Some people would say, well, that's like less than two years ago. What's relevant about that? Well, it's relevant because they've lost lost 13 (laughs) times after that game, since that game, right? 13 times since that game. And they've lost all their games by single digits. So OU, I think, currently is an 11-point favorite right now. So you're right there on that line of winning by double digits. But Nebraska, their past 13 games have all been close losses. Will we get another close loss by Nebraska this Saturday? Perhaps. But if it gets, if OU rolls it up early on them, if they come out fast, Travis, and Nebraska's on their heels defensively, and they fall behind 14 to nothing really quick, well, all that excitement and all that hope that might exist in Lincoln, Nebraska right now and into Saturday, that's completely out the window. You know, OU, 
22 years ago, fell behind 14-0, and they found a way to rally and score 31 unanswered. This Nebraska team ain't fallen behind by two scores and finding a way to rally and, and beat a really good team at home like that 2000 OU team did. That ain't happening this time around. No, it's most certainly not. And here's the thing. When, we, when I was talking about new leadership a little bit earlier, uh, I think last segment, uh, Brent Venables took over a team that went 11-2. and two. Mickey Joseph is taking over a team that has been god-awful. They're what, one and two now. They were three and nine last year. I mean, this isn't a situation where he's just being, you know, he, he's being handed the reins of a team that was already winning, just not winning at the level that they wanted to. No, this team has been losing a lot. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What's going on out there at Ash Cigar Bar? Sounds like it's a good time, as always. Absolutely, always a good time. We've got three dollar uh, domestics. Uh, a lot of times with cigar bars, uh, you know, you, you walk in and it's just smoke hitting you in the face and everything. Can't have to have to waft through it. That's not the case in this. They've got some fantastic the Blue Ox uh, uh, ventilation in here. They've got two of the units and and an actually decently small place. So they really do a great job in here. Um, I mean, I sit here and breathe cleanly the whole time, and I can see a lot of people smoking. So, yeah, it's a great time. They're great partners of ours and looking forward to being out here more. Dylan Gabriel will be making his first road start in an OU uniform in front of a crowd that's probably going to be pretty loud. Is that going to be a big deal on Saturday? We'll tell you next. Keep it locked on the ref. It is the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, we're the homeless Sooner fans. There's OU starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel. He'll be making his first true road start in an OU uniform on Saturday. And something that we brought up this offseason, this will be the largest road crowd he's ever played in front of. Will that be a big deal? Is that a negative for Dylan Gabriel on Saturday? You know, as we've gotten to know the guy a little bit more, Travis, I'd say the answer to that is no, because he seems very calm, cool, and collected. As I've said a few times, he, uh, as a Hawaiian kid, he seems like he's always on island time. He doesn't let a whole lot of things face him. But if the offensive line plays to the level that it did a week ago in that first half against Kent State, there's that one scenario that I think could exist where yeah, maybe the road crowd affects Dylan Gabriel if he's under pressure all night long. That's the one scenario I see where he could really struggle in his first true road start at OU. See, I, I think that he could struggle on the road if the offensive line doesn't protect him. Sure, I don't think it has much to do with the crowd simply right, yeah. because I do think, I do think that if he were just learning this system, that, yeah, it might be some issues. But this guy knows this offense like the back of his hand. He's got years of experience in it. Sure, it'll be the biggest crowd that he's, that he's you know, been uh, going against. But if I had to have a guy, it's, it's you're right to your point, a guy that's on island time that has a complete mastery of this offense and, 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 can, and can run it with ease. I think where you start to lose 
a bit of a bit of the advantage as the offense is when the communication can't be heard, right? If you're having a tough time communicating um, because of the crowd, that's when you start really struggling. But I don't think him communicating this offense and calling this offense, um, I don't think that's going to be effective. No, and, and I almost think in some ways that an up-tempo offense that they run almost in a lot of ways negates kind of exactly what you're saying with the com- potential communication issues that could be there. You know what I mean? Like, when I think of a crowd really disrupting an offense, it's when they're huddling, it's hard to hear, they're making checks at the line, it's hard to hear, but it feels like everything's kind of like hand motions now or they're looking to the sidelines to get the play. I, I, I Behind those fancy new uh, – those fancy new yeah. uh, screens they've got yeah. to hold up behind the coaches. E- exactly. So when OU's going up-tempo and fast, like – the building may still be really loud. I just don't think it's going to affect a whole lot of things with the type of offense that they run. Well, and keep in mind, this is, you know, Levy's offense, right? Where did Levy's offense just come from? The SEC. You think you think this offense has ever had to be called in a ruckus environment before? Uh, did last think, year. You know, I don't think this is anything new. So, so I think, I think with that, I don't think, you're right. The hand signals, everything like that, everything seems pretty straightforward with Dylan so far. So I think I think he's going to be in good shape. Again, that doesn't mean that we're just going to roll. It it just means that maybe the crowd won't be the issue. This this offensive line, if it doesn't hold up, it just it, it could it could get ugly. Here's an interesting question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Again, that's 405-651-3439. Sean says, "How much does it benefit OU?" that our backup quarterback played for the current Nebraska offensive coordinator last year. Referencing Whipple, referencing uh, Davis Bevel, who was the backup quarterback in that system, I would think it would help a little bit, and I'm sure that this defensive staff has a few questions for Davis Bevel, and I guess you could parlay that too with the fact that I mean, Brent Venables has gone head-to-head with Whipple at Pitt, I believe, in the past in the ACC. So there's something. Right, there's something, right? I don't think, uh, uh, I don't think Davis Bevel was likely you know, running in the defensive film rooms, but it's, it is something. Any bit of information you can get, any edge, I mean, that's, it, it needs to be explored, right? I mean, this is a tough game. It's, it's a game of inches, right? So if you can get an advantage, Bill Belichick's famous for this, just getting advantages that, that are in the rule book and some that maybe aren't in the rule book. Um, and I think you'd be silly not to at least ask Davis Bevel uh, a couple questions. That's a, that's a great point from the text line. Yeah. Um, great point. And I'm not – I don't think it's too I, – I, I don't know. I guess I kind of feel like uh, – I have a good feel of what Nebraska is going to do on Saturday. Anthony Grant might be the best player that they have on their team. Casey Thompson can certainly play, but they're going to try to run downhill with Anthony Grant, and I think they're, they're going to try to mix some deep shots down the field because I feel that that's what Casey Thompson does best as a quarterback is throw the deep ball. Now, the positive side of that for OU is that they haven't given up a deep ball all year long. The one big change I think you might see – is whereas I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be very active in the run game for OU, I think maybe there's a chance here that Casey Thompson is even more involved in the run game than he has been up to these first three games for Nebraska. Yeah, I, I, I think it's 
I think it's palpable that this is the the biggest game of their season, of their early part of their season, because, sure, losing to Georgia Southern, sure, losing to uh, Northwestern, you can kind of – you can put that on Scott Frost, right? Like, you can you can say, oh, well, that was in the Scott Frost era. We're a completely different team. Um, but it'll be interesting with, with Casey Thompson because, you know, we, we saw him at Texas and literally saw him when we played against Texas. And he lit us up, but he had Xavier Worthy and he had Bijan Robinson in the backfield. He had skill position players that he simply just doesn't have at Nebraska. I mean – he he had that uh, had that week one where sure he threw for over 300 yards, you know, but only one touchdown. And then oh, a couple touchdowns the next week, uh, but a pick. And then against uh, or sorry, I've got that flip against uh, Northwestern, one touchdown, two picks. He's not being careful with the ball. He's got four touchdowns on the year, three interceptions. Um, so they can try and go downfield with him if they want, but. I don't know. I think uh, I think we finally start reeling in even more of those uh, interceptions, like we saw Justin Harrington do last week. From the nine one eight, this game feels like a Javante Parge coming out party on Saturday. Which, hey man, do, peop- do people do uh, people text in Javante Barnes during your show just so you'll say that? Yes, and if I don't say it that it. way, then people get uh, somewhat mad at me, and they keep texting it I in love until it. I say it. So I've learned my lesson. I, it, I will uh, live up to it. Yeah, I hope I hope it's a big one from uh, Javante Barnes. We, I love the way he runs. Didn't get a lot done last week, but looked good in the opener. Uh, sure, I, I think every week. Can we answer that text every week with a, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Now, I uh, I would love to see it. You would love to see it. We'd all love to see it. I don't think that he is most likely, though, to have a big game. The The most likely player to me to have a big game is Marcus Major. And I, I think a lot of people are going to love to hear that. And most people are going to say, yeah, give him the ball more. What's going on? You know, before the year, the Marcus Major fan club, it was there. It was present, but it was still kind of – relatively small for the most part. And then after the UTEP game, it grew quite quite a bit, Travis. And then now, after the Kent State game, the Marcus Major fan club is as large as it's ever been before. If he looks like the better running back on Saturday, and some people will tell you that he's looked like the better running back for the first two games, but if he looks like the better running back again on Saturday for the third consecutive game, the uh, chance, and there's going to be a whole lot of people that are uh, screaming on the internet for Marcus Major to be running back number one. Yeah, we've already started to hear a little bit of it. I know that in a lot of the, like the KREF Sports account on Twitter put out, you know, what's your hottest take? I think half of the takes were that Marcus Major uh, leads the team in rushing. Now, that's that's not that crazy of a take through this many games. I still feel like Eric Gray has a pretty good hold on that number one spot simply because of catching the ball out of the backfield. You can split him out uh, into the slot like we've seen before. Um, but but this Nebraska rushing defense, man. Real it's, bad. Uh, I'm look, looking it up. They're ranked 115th uh, in the country right now. 115th in the country, giving up an average. Keep in mind, they have not played good teams. An average of 207 yards on the ground per game. Wow. That is bad. Yeah. That is 115 out of 131, 
total options. So, yeah, I, I think, I mean, anybody could get it, it sounds like. Sounds like it could be a huge Devontae Barnes game. Could be a Marcus Major game. Heck, could be a Tawee Walker game if they give up 207 yards rushing, you know, per game to the likes of you know, Georgia Southern and Northwestern and North Dakota. I mean, and I also do think the the Jeff Levy's going to come in and say, "Look, we're going to run the ball. We need to. We're going to run the ball against them." Tiger Rube says, "Calling it now. The defense scores on Saturday, possibly twice." Whoa, Whoa. Rube is. Uh, I like it. Feel a little bit frisky like on it. this Wednesday afternoon. I don't hate it. I like it. I like it. Hey, look, if if OU gets. If OU gets off to a hot start, a fast start, you're going to see Casey Thompson have to throw the ball a ton. What you don't want if you're OU is let them get comfortable, even get a lead, and have that balanced attack. You want them playing from behind, get a little more predictable. They're always passing the ball, passing the ball, passing the ball. That's why in fantasy you always pick up the quarterback who has a bad defense because you know they're going to have to pass the ball all the time to catch up. Um, with, with that, I think you can force Casey Thompson to, into some mistakes Again, four touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. Uh, I, I could see it. I could see, I could see a pick six. Maybe, uh, maybe Billy Bowman scrapes out another fumble and fumble recovery. Who knows? Um, if OU scores once on Saturday, or as uh, Rube so aggressively said, potentially twice, OU is going to win convincingly. I, I don't think I I got to sell anyone on that one. But if OU scores a couple of times on Saturday, which by yeah, the way, it's a pretty good indicator. They only allowed three points and scored two points of their own on Saturday. It's going to be a real good indicator on uh, what's going to happen Saturday uh, afternoon in Lincoln, Nebraska. By the way, are uh, are OU fans supposed to wear white this weekend? Does anyone have the final uh, answer on the wardrobe we're supposed to show up to Lincoln with? Because I, that's been a thing for OU fans in the past, I think, is wear white on road games to where you're playing a, well, in this instance, a scarlet-colored team or a crimson-colored team. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the rules are this trip. I'm just trying to figure out if we're supposed to wear white or not. Well, it's... It's after Labor Day, so you know That's I don't true. know I don't know I don't know exactly the rules on wearing white. If it's okay in a stadium, does it have to be cream instead of white? I mean I don't know. Uh, feel, feel free text line to uh, give us some um, some apparel recommendations, some yeah. fashion tips, if you will. Am I supposed to wear a white ref T-shirt or am I supposed to wear a red? Uh, ref t-shirt please let me know yes. 405 the only two options 651 3439 it's my game day wardrobe man all right uh, the rush rolls on next travis is at ash cigar bar in tulsa the rush rolls on right here on the ref we're the homeless sooner fans OU defensive coordinator Ted Roof breaking down the Huskers, OU Nebraska, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Travis and I will be at the session room in Omaha from 2 to 6 p.m. Come by and hang out with us. We'll be a couple of blocks away from Charles Schwab Field. Parker's going to be there from uh, noon to 3. He'll get that show kicked off, and then Travis and I will take it home from 2 to 6. And then Saturday, we will be outside Memorial Stadium for pre- and post-game coverage. We don't know exactly where we're going to be, 
But we're going to be right outside the stadium, Travis, for people to come and say hi before and after the game, which, as always, OU fans, we want you to do exactly that. Come out and hang with us. Yeah, and we'll have Hillbilly Vegas with us uh, playing uh, their uh, acoustic sets um, with us from actually pregame and postgame. So they'll be out there both times. So you got K-Ref, you got live music, you got it all. So uh, come by, hang out with us. We know a lot of you guys are going to be up there. Uh, and, and tune in if you're not going to be up there. We'd, we'd still love to uh, have you interact with the show and everything like that. Text line says, and I, I love to hear this because I can fit right in with this crowd, uh, shortless with jorts is proper attire for Nebraska. Shirtless with Jordan, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I've you. caught a few, uh, I've caught a few rays at the past two. Really, the uh, the first game against UTEP. So I may be the most uh, tan individual up there at Lincoln, Nebraska, if I go shirtless, and that's not saying a whole well, lot for me. I think, I think if you do jorts with no shirt, see, with me, I caught some rays too, but I've definitely got the uh, the farmer's tan going on. So what I think is, if we do that, we can even out maybe some of the tan and kind of get those uh, get those areas that were previously covered at the OU games. That fashion rule is old. Wear white whenever you want. This one in the 918 says, the ladies have already done away with the Labor Day rule on wearing whites. We love our white jeans. When did this happen? And why didn't anyone tell us? Or were we just not yeah, paying I mean, attention? Not, yeah. Not, not. I mean, I don't wear a lot of white jeans. Um, mm. But... Yeah, I, I was never told this. I, I don't know how we're supposed to find out about this, though. I doubt we're in the, I doubt we're, you know, a part of a newsletter from the ladies of fashion, Tyler. Can I get on that newsletter? Does it exist? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how they like must to be have in the one. Know, man. Nine one eight Rod says, "Hey fellas, I really don't see Nebraska being able to run the ball straight at our defensive front. I think we're too big, too fast. Linebackers can close a hole in a hurry." The only way I can see them having success is on rollout passes. Casey Thompson maybe gets loose on a few plays. Do you guys see them running the ball very effectively against us? Because I just don't see it. I mean, I I think that they're going to have success at times in the run game because I think that they are definitely going to make it a point. But do I think Nebraska is going to rush for north of 175 yards? Absolutely not. No, I I think – yeah, for the most part, OU's going to do a really good job against the run. At least those are my expectations. Um, the only way I don't see OU having a good game against the run is if Casey Thompson gets loose. Yeah, and, and we saw that against Kent State, right? I mean, uh, their quarterback uh, led the team in rushing. Um, really, if anybody was significant, carries, he led the team in yards per carry as well. 12 carries for 55 yards. Had a long of 17. I, I think I think luckily we saw that against Kent State, so at least we've got a little bit on film uh, that we can learn from to maybe corral the quarterback a bit better. I think if our first taste of really that, that style of weapon, I think if it was our first taste, I think we might have more of an issue, but I think we were blessed to see it against Kent State. If we knew something about fashion here in Norman, wouldn't Caleb Williams still be here? First off, we call him Carl's Jr. Second off, that's a, that's a, great point. Yes, it's a great text. It's probably if we had better text. shopping here, if the Sooner Mall was like it was back in its heyday in the early 2000s. Yes, Caleb Williams might still be here. Which, by the way, a surprise to no one, 
he is indeed still painting his fingernails out in L.A. Least shocking course, thing ever, I know. I will say, so we've got a text from 580 asking us to repeat where we will be on Friday. We will be at the Session Room. The Session Room. That is, there. is, you've got Charles Swap Field, and then you've got a row of like bars and restaurants, and then a row directly behind that of bars and restaurants. We are in that second row. So, I mean, it is, I don't know how far you can throw a stone, Tyler, but... It oh. is a stone's throw from the stadium. You see a big, big baseball stadium, you know you're close. Well, Iowa's close by. Hopefully it's not a uh, throw from an Iowa quarterback or we'll end up two miles away, way down the street somewhere. Are they allowed to throw at Iowa now? Um, they probably shouldn't throw the ball this week. I don't know exactly uh, who yeah. they play, but I, they should uh, maybe just stick to running the ball at this point. Yeah, our, our, our resident Nebraska, um, resident Omaha, uh, professional uh, Parker Thune says one block west of Schwab. There you go. So very close. If you get to Schwab and just start yelling out KREF, I'm sure one of us will uh, be able to corral you. By the way, I have made my own final decision. I will be wearing uh, white to the uh, game. On. I will be wearing a white ref t-shirt on Saturday. I've okay, already okay. I've already chosen my attire. That's that's what I'm rolling with. I don't want to stand out. I, I, I want to stand out in the sea of red. Somewhere in the end zone where I'm sitting, so I'm going with White. I hope other fans will join me in that. No, no consultation with the uh, misses on that one, huh? Uh, well, yes, I, I, I did. She bought a White OU T-shirt today, so you'll see. Yes, okay, if no one okay. else is wearing White, well, we'll stand out in the middle of that giant end zone that they have in uh, Memorial Stadium. Do I need to bring my own corn to the game? Surely they uh, provide that at the tailgates around there, right? That would be weird if we run into a tailgate you without would, any corn there. You, you would think, but I'll tell you what, for those of you that didn't make it up to Omaha, you will need some deodorant, like extra deodorant, like, like pack a stick in the car, bring some type of, of hygiene solvent, if you will, uh, because, Tyler, have you ever heard of corn sweat? Uh, no, I've never heard of corn sweat. This will be my first time so, in Nebraska, dude, this Saturday. So, so when I was in an Uber uh, headed towards uh, um, Schwab when we were up there for, for the College World Series, uh, we had noticed, man, it is humid. And he's like, well, yeah, it's uh, the corn sweat. And I was like, oh, this guy's pulling our leg. Nope. Um, plants exhaling water through evapotranspiration is sometimes also referred to as corn sweat. Hmm. Well, maybe, uh, maybe that's yeah, why their uh, recruiting has gone downhill over the past 10 years. The corn sweat. Not losing Texas ties it, or anything like that. It's, it's corn sweat. No, and I've, yeah, it's, it's definitely not losing Texas ties because uh, they were in the Big 8 for like 35 years with no Texas ties, and they won four national titles out of their five. So um, I don't think uh, – I don't think – they weren't relying on Texas during their most dominant uh, portion of their program's history. But, yeah, corn sweat, man. It's, uh, I read somewhere uh, one acre of corn can release 4,000 gallons of water per day. So pack a travel-sized so. deodorant stick is what you're telling everyone, regardless if you're wearing crimson, <laughs> yes. white, whatever you're wearing. All right, I'll, I'll pack the travel deodorant stick. That sounds good. All right, we'll close up hour yeah, number always. one of The Rush. Coming up next, keep it locked on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.
Cavens Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. Cavens, they offer facility maintenance. They can serve all of Oklahoma. Facility maintenance, roofing, water restoration, remodeling. They can do it all for your commercial business or your home. Emergency repairs, yep, Cavens can do that as well. CavensConstruction.com or give them a call, 405-573-3048. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar. Do you have a good feel on how many OU fans are going to be in Lincoln this weekend? Do you feel like there's going to be a massive turnout for that 11 a.m. game up north? Yeah, I, I think it will because so many people have had this circled on their calendar uh, for a long time. You know, you always have, you know, we all know a ton of people that pick that one away game to go to, right? Uh, and, you know, in the Big 12, this is really there's the only not option a lot of good this ones year. that yeah, often. Man. Yeah, I think a lot of people had uh, West Point circled uh, when we were supposed to play Army there. Obviously, COVID canceled that one. Would love to get that one back on the radar. Paul Doobie brought that one up to me today when all this new Georgia and SMU scheduling all came out. Uh, but I think a lot of people circled Nebraska when it came out, especially a lot of the fans that remember how great the rivalry was. Um, and those are the people you think these days now have maybe the means to travel uh, a little bit more. So, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. And ticket prices are starting it, to go down a little bit, man. They are. Uh, it'll be all the shirtless ones wearing jorts. Yes, yes. Easy to tell. Shirtless and jorts. 5,000 shirtless fans in jorts. You'll be, uh, it'll be easy to identify the OU fans on Saturday. 5,000 shirtless people in jorts up there. All right, hour number two of the rush rolls on next. Keep it locked on the ref.